Mr. Nixon, you want to help me count my marbles? No. Why not? I'm busy working, Dennis. At your house? Why don't you go to an office? <sighs> because this is my office. My office is in my house. My dad has to go to an office. Do you even have a real job? Do I? Yes, I I'm the President of the United States. I know, but what's your job? Well, to put it simply, I'm the boss of the entire country. Oh. My dad hates his boss. Do people hate you? Sure, some of them. Does that bother you? Not at all. You know, you grumble a lot. You kind of remind me of Mr. Wilson. Woodrow, that League of Nations bumbling prince tonight? I should hope not. January 20th, 1969, Richard Milhouse Nixon became the 37th President of the United States and took up residence at the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I know America. I know the heart of America is good. In June 1971, Henry Mitchell, an aerospace engineer, moved his family to Washington, D.C., into a modest row house along Pennsylvania Avenue with his wife Alice and their only child, a precocious and mischief-prone boy of five named Dennis. Dennis, time for dinner! But I already had dinner yesterday! By forces so random that no statistician would dare calculate the odds, the president and five-year-old Dennis would develop a thoroughly extraordinary relationship. One that some argue would change the course of American history. For BBC Radio 11's award-winning docuseries, Portraitures of Power, I'm Rebecca Baker, and this is Mr. Nixon and the Menace. Chapter 1, A Prologue of Shadows In the 16 years since President Nixon resigned from office, there have been countless books, essays, television specials, and at least one Academy Award-winning film about the rise and fall of America's most enigmatic president. However, not a single article or interview has dared to probe into the president's most confidential and contentious White House relationship. But now, due to newly released recorded material and the extraordinary effort of the Portraitures of Power staff, those who were closest to the president are finally opening up about a simple friendship that would, in their opinion, prove catastrophic. H.R. Bob Haldeman, the President's Chief of Staff, is a former Eagle Scout whose haircut has more punctuality than most people enjoy in a lifetime. Haldeman acted as President Nixon's eyes and ears and was especially mindful of any issue or person that could damage the President. Mr. Haldeman, do you think you could have anticipated the effect Dennis Mitchell's presence would have on the President? Listen, I was worried about Dennis the way bears are worried about rainbows. Why would bears... They wouldn't. Look, in 1971, we had our hands full. The Russians, the Chinese, plus Elvis showing up whenever he damn well wanted. So when the Mitchells moved in just down Pennsylvania Avenue, no ma'am, that was not on my radar. Also in the president's inner circle was Henry Kissinger, 
The German-born, Manhattan-bred charmer of foreign diplomats and Georgetown co-eds has always been protective of the president's legacy. Mr. Kissinger. Please, call me Henry. Mr. Secretary, looking back after nearly two decades, what can you say about the initial meeting between Dennis and President Nixon? Well, the president was busying himself with no less than a dozen international crises the summer that uh, Dennis had started to come by. Uh, we would achieve victory that following year, but with the boy around, defeat was inevitable. There's no doubt in my mind that we would have served out the entirety of our eight years had it not been for Dennis. Uh, he was just a boy, yes, but so much more. He was a troublemaker, a confidant, an adversary, a harbinger. Above all else, he was a menace. Little is known about how the Mitchells initially began their friendship with Pat, the First Lady. But the introduction between Dennis and the President is readily available in this recorded episode from June 13, 1971. Chinese, they, they need this. They need this more than we do. Yes, Mr. President. The Russians, well, that gets trickier. The way they've been treating us. Elegance. Exactly. I, I don't know what the hell... Uh, uh, hello there, uh, little boy. Hello. Are you um, supposed to be with the tour? No. Son, uh, this is the president's office. You can't just mosey in here. Yes, I can. The lady said so. Hey, get off that couch with your shoes. Wh what lady? Bob? Bob! Is Bob out there? Henry, get him off the couch. Young man, you must remove yourself. This is... Uh, hey! Why are you talking funny? Uh, I don't. It's, uh, you are being... You do talk funny! You talk like a slowed-down record! You are being very disrespectful. There he is. Dennis, you were told not to come in here. What, what's the meaning of all this? Uh, Mr. President, this is Dennis Mitchell. Mitchell? Uh, has John been fooling around? Does Martha know about this? Uh, <clears throat> no relation to John Mitchell, sir. The, the Mitchells are a family that recently moved in down the street. The First Lady was having them over for tea just now and told Dennis he was free to explore. The First Lady? Uh, yes, sir. Dennis, come here. This is the president. Hello. Pleased to meet you. Dennis Mitchell. Good to meet you, son. Richard Nixon. Dennis, I said you had to stay in my office. This isn't the Democratic National Convention. We have rules here. I'm just looking for Clark. Clark Clifford? No, my friend Clark. Ah, I see. And is Clark an imaginary friend of yours? No, he's real. He's a snake. A snake? Dennis, are you telling me there's a snake in the Oval Office? Wouldn't be the first one, right, Henry? Ha, <laughs> ha, Damn Kennedys. Uh, Mr. President, I must confess I uh, have a rather large fear of snakes. Oh, come on, Henry. You sound like one of my daughters, for Christ's sake. Bob, uh, help Dennis here find his snake. Clark. Yes, Clark. Mr. President, I'll just get the Secret Service in here to help. Don't do that. Then they'll rush in here, hopping all on top of me. We'll have to clear the room. Just just find the boy's snake. 
You know, uh, Dennis, the Nixons used to have a pet dog. Trisha named it Checkers. Checkers is a game, not a name. Well, I don't care what you say. We're keeping it. Uh, we did keep it, actually. That, that dog died a long time ago. What about your dog? Oh, uh, nothing. Forget I said anything. Oh, and Bob, I, I spoke with Haig today. We've really got to get to the bottom of this whole Pentagon Papers headache. Oh, papers are the worst! I have to write a paper for summer school about ancient Egypt. Oh, hey, Mr. Nixon, were you around for ancient Egypt? Well, that, that was over 5,000 years ago. How old do you think I am? Hmm, probably less than 1,000 years old. <laughs> probably, he says. Summer school doesn't come as a surprise. Well, well uh, I do know a few things about ancient Egypt, though. They ruled the world in their day, a civilization for the ages. Do they still rule the world? No, no, they, they overextended themselves. But worse, they lost control at home. Oftentimes, the biggest threats a leader faces are not from distant lands, but from enemies right at home. Bob, Henry, we, we have work to do. Ha have you found Clark yet? Not yet, sir. Yeah. I think I touched it. You're doing it all wrong! Hiss! Hiss! Uh, what is he doing? Dennis, what are you doing? If you want to find a snake, you gotta act like a snake. Hiss! And think like a snake. Hiss! I like it. This kid reminds me of a very young Whitaker Chambers. Got him! Look, it's Clark! Oh, um, wonderfully terrifying. Good, good job, Dennis. Now that you found him, why don't you get cleaned up and run back to your parents? Is there candy before I leave? Uh, no, but, but Pat, my wife, she'll probably have some. Okay, bye, Mr. Nixon. Should I make sure? Oh, he'll be fine, Bob. Better than that, he might be brilliant. Close the door. Now this Pentagon leak, we've got to plug it up, right? Find the scum that gave the Pentagon's report to the New York Times. We've got to flush them out like the snakes they are. Metaphorically. Obviously, Henry. Did you guys see Dennis? He was filthy when he left here. He wasn't afraid to get down on the ground into the dust and dirt and slither around until he found that snake. That's what we've got to do. Metaphorically, Henry. Yes, Mr. President. What are you suggesting, sir? Now, uh, clearly we can't ourselves get down in the muck, but we, we can have people who do, and people who work for us who can dig up dirt that we can use against our enemies at the Pentagon and State Department. I have no doubt we could pull something like that together. Good. We'll get our snakes slithering around, making sure the liberal lizards out there aren't the only ones with the ability to bite. And the Mitchell boys, sir. Dennis. Well, if Pat wants the boy around, it certainly wouldn't be wise to fight my wife on it, wouldn't you agree, Bob? Not wise at all, sir. Plus, we've got so many enemies already. The press, the Harvard clique, Paul Newman... It would be foolish to make an enemy out of that boy. Very good, then. Back to the Chinese. Now, what we need to make clear. The secret task force discussed that day would be established one month later in July. They were nicknamed the White House Plumbers because it was their job to plug up leaks. They were our snakes in the grass. 
Members of the White House plumbers would continue working for the administration, doing all matter of dirty work. Meanwhile, the chance encounter between Dennis and President Nixon had already set a precedent for Dennis's behavior. The First Lady found Dennis charming, and the President... Well, he didn't exactly embrace him, but he was impressed enough to drop his guard around Dennis. In doing so, he failed to set boundaries for the boy. I uh, did not go up around snakes. I do not care for them. That next year, the plumbers, filled with hubris and Howard Johnson room service hamburgers, would plan their most precarious break-in operation to date at the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee at Washington's Watergate complex. I'll tell you one thing. You slither around with the snakes long enough, you're liable to get bit. I don't wish to discuss snakes anymore. Next week in Portraitures of Power, Dennis enjoys a warm welcome. We're walking down the hall and there's Dennis. He was everywhere. The president saw a spark in the boy. Until his antics wear out the commander-in-chief. Dennis, explain yourself. The boy had no fear. And the president's patience boils over. I've never seen the president treated with such disrespect. I'm the sheriff now. You can't just kick around the president of the United States. Portraitures of Power is an original production of BBC Radio 11, copyright 1990, and current subsidiary of Accelerate Investments, LLC, the sole controlling interest of AA Baseball's two-time champion, North Shore Robert Barons. Go, Robert Barons.